Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. They'll have their name maybe with 12 Mountain West schools, but they're not going to have the conference anymore that we thought it was going to be, right? I mean, if Oregon or Washington are leaving, so are Arizona and probably Arizona State and Utah. You're left with four schools um, that, are, that are left, and maybe Stanford stays and Cal stays and the Beavers and, and, and Cougars stay, and you, you join with the Mountain West. But, you know, the, the conference that we had with, you know, Conference of Champions, you know, the, the academic and athletic excellence is no longer there. Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. That's the uh, the words of Jeff Schwartz, former offensive lineman at Oregon, uh, with Sirius XM's uh, Pac-12 today, earlier today, on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, I couldn't tell, Hunter, is is that the sound of a guy who's an Oregon alum who's happy, or is that the sound of a guy who's an Oregon alum, or more so a guy who covers the Pac-12 who's bummed? It sounded more like the latter than the former. It definitely sounded on the bummed side. Yeah. And I think that speaks a little bit to the timing of all of this. Mm-hmm. Because up until mm, really four days ago, it didn't even seem like this was on the table for Oregon and Washington. It wasn't until Arizona made it clear that we're going with Colorado that then the other dominoes really started to fall and kind of pushed the uh, pushed the envelope for schools like Washington and Oregon. Yeah, we we've spent so much time on conference alignment this week or realignment or bludgeoning. Um, yeah, we we you know and and in a way, um, you know it's 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 been it, it's felt like a little bit of overkill. But then when you see what's happened in the last 48 hours, you kind of understand, like, the the whole shape of, of college football and college sports in general has just kind of changed. I woke up this morning, oh, gosh, what time was it? Like, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever it was. And I, you know, first thing I do when I wake up outside of uh, taking the dog outside um, is open up my uh, my ex feed to to see what's going on mm. and literally when i opened up my feed i saw three different you know things on top of each other pete thamel saying and i quote sources indicating to me and heather Dinich that the pac-12 is unlikely to land the plane this morning and get its media rights deal signed on this call today uh then the next one brett mcmurphy eyeballs and then the third one, uh, John Canzano, who's a radio guy in Oregon, quote, expansion is also part of the Pac-12 CEO group's meeting this morning, per a source with knowledge, San Diego State and SMU fans on standby. So you can just imagine these are all things sent within 15 minutes of each other that were the top three things on my feed. You could see how everything was kind of confusing. Uh, over the course of the morning. And then once we realized Pete was more right than anybody else, they couldn't land the plane, the television or, or Apple thing wasn't going to go through, and then everything just kind of fell from there to what is the not-so-slow death of the pack something. Yeah, I think the if uh, the Pac-12 is a ship, 
the Titanic is certainly sinking. Mm-hmm. And where schools like Colorado maybe got on one of the uh, life preserver boats early, it took a little bit longer for Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State to commit. And it seems like the Big uh, the Big Ten came in with a helicopter and grabbed Oregon and Washington uh, when th- they weren't a part of any other discussions at all. And all of a sudden, their their fate is basically the same as USC and UCLA. Yeah, um, and they're going to make somewhere between what thirty million, somewhere around thirty million dollars in their first year. And it's supposed to like escalate every year as long as they're in the Big Ten. Um, it's a it's a pretty solid deal for them. Yeah, they're going to have to deal with a little more travel. That's going to be a, an expense. They might incur a little more debt, but. They're I don't at, think Oregon has much to worry about. No, at, at least they're in a situation where their security, like the the, the Pac-12, it, I don't know why it's reminding me of the Hawaii Five-O episode I was watching this morning, where um, basically uh, McGarrett and and uh, his his sidekick Dano McGarrett and, and and Dano, they're you know they got hijacked off a boat. They're stuck in a dinghy in the middle of the ocean, and they're the last two, and not even the shark wanted to eat them. Yeah. Um, that's, you've got now four schools on this little dinghy in the middle of the Pacific ocean and nobody wants to bite, um, poor Stanford, poor Cal, poor Oregon state, uh, and poor Washington state. That's, that's how bad it is. Um, before we get into uh, a, a little more of the particulars, I mean, you, you've played this sport. I mean, granted, you know, you haven't had the Pac-12 and, and Big Ten experience, but as you sit and watch the college sports landscape, I don't I don't think this is hyperbole, yeah. change here in the last week. Uh, how does it hit you? Uh, I'm, I'm on the, the shocked side of things right now. I knew that conference realignment was going to be a thing. They, they rumored... Conferences shifting towards like a big three model. Uh, and this goes all the way back to almost like two years ago. People were talking about that. And it was everyone could kind of guess with the strength of Ohio State, Michigan, and a handful of others in the Big Ten that it was going to be them facing off against the SEC. Yeah. Um, the real surprising one in all of this, I was just talking with my, with my buddy who played at uh, Southern Miss, actually. He played uh, college basketball. And we were just reflecting on this, that the real surprising one to us is the Big 12. Mm-hmm. That the Big 12 has grinded, grinded this last year to stay relevant, to stay in the conversation. They are, without a doubt, number three. They were... At risk, you know, when Oklahoma and Texas were were saying that they're out, they were on the brink of becoming what the Pac-12 is experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very much there. It's uh, it's difficult to compare it really to anything else, Josh. I mean, our entire lives we've known college athletics through the lens of the power five, you know, driving everything. And I grew up in the Midwest in Chicago. And so the big 10 ruled everything, ruled everything. And obviously you had Notre Dame there as an independent, but that was huge for just our framework in that area of the country. Um, Now regions are gone. To me that that is probably the most shaking thing of all of this uh, because 
still my my paradigm in my mind when I think of conferences, I can't help but think of geography. Yeah. And that's that's where I, I place them. That's kind of how I make sense of them in my mind. Um, but now when you think of Big Ten, it goes from L.A. all the way up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. All the way up and as over to Minnesota. Minnesota and then Wisconsin and then Michigan. Keep going across, you know, keep going east. You end up in Pennsylvania with Penn State and then all the way on the coast with Rutgers. Don't forget Maryland. And Maryland, yeah. And then a, a slew of others that are south of that. But yeah. it's craziness. And the Big 12 is looking like they're going to do the same thing, stretching all the way from Arizona to West Virginia. So, man, I, it, it's hard to compare to really anything, and it's it is a new era of college sports as we know it. I'll save the uh, the prediction part for a little bit. Um, part of me today, I, I have like two different feelings. Um, the first part of me is just it, it. It's not as much of a shock. It's uh, there's like a closure today. Um, not to take anything away from from the Pac-12, but I feel a sense of closure today that I think the regionalization of most college sports, mm. mostly football, is is gone. We we are now once 2024 hits, we are ending that. I think a few sports will still have it, but in a lesser sense. Like I think of ba- uh, you know basketball. A, um, a lot of schools still are very regionalized, um, especially in their non-conference scheduling. Mm. Unless you are like a big-name school, you'll go whenever, wherever. You'll play someone in the Bahamas. You'll play someone in MSG. You'll you'll play someone anytime, anywhere. Mm. Um, but a lot of smaller schools are still very much regionalized. Um, baseball, I think, is very much regionalized. Um, but for the most part, we have now entered a neutralize a form of college sports. And so I feel closure, I think for the most part of the regionalization of the sport and not to sound like cold and heartless, but I'm kind of excited. Mm. I'm kind of excited to see what 2024 looks like. Um, you know, I, I know the Big Ten's released their 2024 schedule already, and they'll have to make some modifications with these new schools. But, I mean, just think, you'll get um, Wisconsin-USC on a somewhat regular basis. Um, you'll you'll have, gosh, Oregon-Ohio State. Just imagine what kind of a shootout that would be, and it would matter for conference standings. It would. Uh, basically what we used to only get in the Rose Bowl with some of these matchups, yeah, we're going to get in the regular season. Yeah, and I guess my excitement level is really about the ability of seeing things new. Um, there are times, admittedly, that some games can get kind of stale. Like, for example, oh, uh, Indiana and Purdue are playing. All right, this happens every year. No real reason to watch this one. You know, it's yep. Indiana 13 Purdue. to 10. 
<laughs> or, uh, you know, like in the ACC, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. Remember that year where they had a 0-0 tie going to overtime? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, great. But, I mean, now there's there's new and exciting things every year. Um, and you're not going to get, because these, these conferences are going to be so big, you're not going to get the same conference games every year. So, I, you know, I, I think the Mountain West actually started this um, – and it, and it makes sense that they did the protected, um, you know, regional or rivalry games, you know, because I think that can be a model going forward mm. with the Big 12, with the Big 10. Eventually, when the SEC decides to grow bigger, you know, um, they can follow that model. And, you know, you'll have some games that will happen that, hey, we, these games stand to the test of time. That's that's great. But uh yeah, I, I guess I, I I don't I don't choose to get so sad about it, um, but just the idea that something kind of cool is on the horizon is um, is is quite intriguing. Mm. I think the other thing, and you know we can talk about it in a little bit. I'll save this for the other side of the break. If you're the Mountain West, this is a good day. This is a good day. If you are a member of the 12-team conference, if that's 12 or 14 or 16 or however that's going to be, um, your opportunity to be a little bit more in the limelight just grew. We'll talk about that coming up uh, on the other side of this. It is Off the Bench here on this Friday. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Coming up in uh, just a little bit, if you're the Mountain West, these last few days have been been good days. Um, is there a risk of ruining that? Mm. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up in just a little while. Our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. This coming from the 233. The past week has been very entertaining. See, I'm not the only one that's finding something on the positive end. Um, I also honestly find it hard to feel sorry for the leftover four schools. Uh, they've been long part of the haves as opposed to the have-nots like UH and the other G5s. Um, then says it has also been fun watching the other Mountain West Conference fan bases drink off their own, uh, drunk off their own Kool-Aid, thinking they have been and still are destined for a Power 5 invite. <laughs> there is some truth to that. Yeah. Pac-12's got four, and everybody's like, hey, we could we could still go to the Pac-12. Which, okay, for everyone who's always said, wouldn't it be great if Hawaii joined the Pac-12? Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, from a metaphorical standpoint, the Pac-12 is kind of like that really attractive girl from high school mm-hmm. where at a time we were like, man, she is so far out of my league. <laughs> Fast forward. Now... You look at her, and she's got one leg and smokes six packs a day of cigarettes. Ooh. Ooh. It's not the same thing. Definitely not. And I don't know if I want to go barking up that tree. I don't know why. When you said that, the I had a Star Wars image come to mind. Oh, boy. Um, solo? No. Um, I think of Anakin. Okay. Anakin Skywalker, when he was defeated, 
And uh, Oh, and he's on the side of the lava hill? He's on the side of the lava hill. Getting burnt alive? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> and he's and he's lost an arm. Um yeah. and and this and and I'm playing hypothetical now. What if all those who tried to save him to you know try to make him Darth Vader actually couldn't save him? That's the that's the Star Wars thing that came to mind. I, I just I just saw I just saw that movie last weekend. So is Mountain West the droids that piece him back together on the operating table? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I I I don't see. This is a good conversation. I think over the next couple of weeks. Well, if it lasts a couple of weeks, then I think we have our answer. If it goes quicker than that, I think we also have our answer. Um, we, I, I had asked you this during the break. Does the Mountain West really need those four schools? Mm-hmm. Do they need Oregon State and Washington State and um, Stanford and Cal? So it, you, you have to think about it through a whole new lens now because before you had Pac-12 media contracts. Right. You had a massive sum of money that in some ways, maybe if we were affiliated with them, we would mutually benefit from that they have no tv deal they have no tv deal in the near future so it's almost like they have kind of been dropped from power five and they're in group of five territory now yeah unfortunately that's the kind of where it is and tell me why i consider any of those schools that much better than us and when we beat stanford on september 1st here mark my words that there, there will be very little that you can compare to them and us I except academics because they're, they're unbelievable um let, let's dispel a few things for for all the the people that bring up um tv you know, or you know, oh, um, you know, the the remaining Mountain West schools can just merge with with the Pac-12 schools, whatever. Like, you you can't do it that way because after 2024, first off, there is no TV deal. The Apple uh, contract that was put out in front of the Pac-12 presidents today expired today. Mm. That agreement is no more. So um, you couldn't do that. Secondly. If you're if you're one of those people throwing out, oh, the Mount West schools can go up and join the Pac-12, you'd have to probably wait till 2025. The Pac-12, or whatever it is, is not going to be a four-team conference in 2024 while waiting for however many schools from the Mountain West to come in in 2025 after paying $16 million to exit the Mountain West. This is the catch-22. If I think I'm using that correctly. So, I mean, that that can't happen. If you're the Mountain West, if you're, if you're the Mountain West presidents, yeah. you get about $6 million in television revenue. Boise State gets a little bit more. Hawaii gets a little less because Hawaii is not a full-fledged member. Um, hmm. By adding four schools, you have to hope that CBS and Fox will give you more money for Pullman, uh, for, uh, for for Oregon State, and for the Bay Area with Stanford and Cal. If they're not going to give you more money 
for adding those four schools. And now you have divvied up $6 million and cut it down even more. So all these schools um, are going to get less money. And if I were a conference president, I'd be saying, no, $6 million is not a ton of revenue. Why would I want to see it drop down just to say, oh, we're going to go to 16 and become like this mega conference? Yeah. And like you said, what Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal, some of those schools might be instant competitors in the Mountain West. Not all of them will. Um, I think of basketball. Washington State's not bad there. Stanford's been better. Um, the only thought is they would really secure the Bay Area market. Yeah. We yeah. would have San Jose, Stanford, and Cal all within our conference. Yeah, you could secure that, but if it, is it worth it if everybody I, loses money? Yeah, I, I, don't I know. think I think the Big Twelve may make a play for them, um, or at least for Stan- them too. I, at least for Stanford and Cal. Yeah, not for Oregon and Washington State. No, and here's why: I think there is pressure. I was just I was just given a reminder of this earlier today. ESPN no longer has Big Ten rights; they lose that in 2024 to to uh, CBS and, and NBC joining up with Fox. With the Pac-12 out, ESPN does not have anything on the West Coast. Wow. They lose an entire West Coast set of brands. And so you want to talk about late night, you know, what you used to have in Pac-12 after dark. Mm -hmm. The Big 12 is the farthest West that ESPN has, and that's Colorado, Arizona, and now you add in Arizona State and Utah. Um if you want to pressure, because we know the television networks are doing it, if you want to pressure, um, you know, the Big 12 to take you more into the Pacific time zone, that might be your plan. Mm. Sorry, Washington State and Oregon State, but I could see just Stanford and Cal and move into there. You've got California now. You've got the Bay Area, um, and that somewhat satisfies uh, the need to keep a West Coast influence on your network that's that's the only thing that makes sense i think if you're the mountain west though at the end of the day you feel good because once the new college football playoff hits in 2025 that's one less conference to contend with to be a top five conference and get an auto berth into the semifinals Mm. Um, because right now big 10 big 12 sec acc it really then becomes um, it's a fight between a group of five, and I and I think all those four conferences will definitely have an automatic. It then comes down to Sun Belt, American, Mountain West. I no offense to Conference USA, I don't really throw them in there, but it comes down to those three fighting for for one spot, and the Mountain West puts itself in a pretty good position to be that one. So your path, especially with UCF and Cincinnati going to the Big Twelve, right? Yeah. So your path Dang. to that spot is a little bit easier today, and you know Gloria Navarez has said it. She said it to us in in Las Vegas. They're excited for the opportunity to have a, a, a bigger seat at the table for the college football playoff um, expansion, and now that seat at the table just got a little more interesting. 
Yes. So uh, yeah, I like it. We'll we'll see how that uh, that kind of grows on. Uh, your text messages at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty via our Zephyr Insurance hotline uh, text line. Kevin Winters got Sports Center coming up on the other side. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. So you heard Kevin Winter mention it a moment ago. Uh, the Big Twelve has indeed issued its statement officially welcoming uh, Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah to the Big 12 Conference as voted in unanimously by the Board of Directors. Commissioner Brett Yormark's statement says, and I quote, We are thrilled to welcome Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to the Big 12. The conference is gaining three premier institutions, both academically and athletically, and the entire Big 12 looks forward to working alongside their presidents, athletic directors, student-athletes, and administrators. You know what Brett Yormark should have done? He should have added in a line that would have um, would have made Larry Scott squirm. Should have said, uh, "We are thrilled to welcome Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to the Big Twelve, the Conference of Champions." Ooh, yeah. You know what he also should have said? We're super thrilled to receive these schools. Can't wait to reveal who's playing at our at our concert later in the year. <laughs> yeah, Big Twelve Fan Fest coming soon to a city near you. Still don't know who the to the headliner is. Neither do I. I'll take a guess. Jelly Roll. That's. I'm just. I'm just saying Jelly Roll just to say Jelly Roll because it rolls off the tongue like uh, I don't know Jelly Donut. I'm thinking about right now. Um, Leroy texts in asking, do all sports move? Yes. Yep. Um, unless there is a sport in which that particular conference does not have, um, does not sponsor, then they either stay where they are or they find something like um, men's volleyball. Uh, some, you know, there's the MPSF still. Hawaii left it for uh, the Big West once the Big West sponsored men's volleyball. Some, you know, some other sports uh, with field hockey or uh, swimming and diving or water polo. There's there's, uh, yeah, there there are some side conferences for that. I don't I don't know for a fact what Arizona, Utah and Arizona State have. The Big 12 don't. But there's that option. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we sit today on uh, uh, on conference alignment it's uh, it's something we'll continue to talk about as we go along but I think at some point we're gonna have to look at Hawaii's future in it um, I know Timmy was asked about it today you know just he said he likes Hawaii's place in it um, I kind of I, I tend to agree with him I I like Hawaii's place in it too because right now Hawaii has stability. Hawaii has, uh, unless the Mountain West decides to throw some real big curveballs here, Hawaii's in a good spot. Mm. I think you feel like you're safe in the Mountain West. Nobody's kicking you out. You know, if they if the Mountain West wanted to add those, um, you know, pack four um, leftovers, you're still at an even number. Um. I, I think I think Hawaii's in a in a good place. I think you just want to figure out the money, and I think you want to be a little nervous of that next television contract um, in 2025, 26, whenever it is, to see how that plays out and if you can still keep your local rights, uh, especially when you added more schools. Because 
I think you would want, if you're the conference, you'd want to consolidate everything into one deal, um, which might give more money to everybody at a time where everybody would like uh, would, would, would like more money. But anyway, I, I like Hawaii Spot. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think Hawaii shouldn't spend time worrying about, oh, maybe we could go here, maybe we could go there, blah, blah, blah. Just be happy with where you are. I don't know if there's a better option for us right now. Mm-hmm. What? Why? Why would we try to move? Right. You know, I I think we're positioned really well right now, and I don't know if we have the option to move either. Uh, and so I I believe for all these other schools, we we may not even see the end of it just yet, Josh. I I mean, why wouldn't the Big Twelve also try to get Stanford and Cal? Yeah, that's I think that is. You know, very realistic, and I think that would still tell me Hawaii's still in a good spot. Which means they would then jump to 18 teams because right. with the additions right now of Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, they're at 16. And I made sure to count that when I saw the uh, uh, the, the statement image that had all the logos. I made sure to count 16. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll have to do two lines of logos in the bottom of each uh, Which press for, statement. For those wondering, the SEC only has 14. Gosh, that's right. I don't know why I feel like the SEC has more. Well, you know what? Actually, correct that. They have 14 now. And then with Texas and Oklahoma, uh, they will they will be at 16. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the news today about Oregon and Washington, the crazy thing there is that means the Big Ten is at 18. Right. Just it, shy of 20. It would make sense for them to get to 20, I think. At this point? Yeah. yeah. Why stop? Why, why not get to a better even number? Right? I mean, whether it's Stanford or Cal or you poach some from the ACC, Florida State, you know, North Carolina has committed themselves to the ACC, by the way. Their athletic director said that today. But seriously, why stop? I mean, you're oh, in Florida a, State committed to the ACC. That's what you no, said. No, North Carolina did. Ah, uh, okay. Because their, their athletic director was asked about it. But seriously, I mean, you're on a roll. Um, you're still able to get some pretty good money out of your television partners. Why stop at 18 if you still think you've got some leverage and can maybe grab another big fish or two? Wouldn't, wouldn't that – I mean, I don't see any loss in doing that. Could you see any interest in the Big Ten going after Florida State? Yes. That would be wild. Yes. If they went down into SEC's territory. I think you know how we were talking about my my divisions idea. Yeah, I think it would fall right along in line with that. Wow. You're able to get a couple of schools from that that part of um, of the map. I I think the Big Ten, you know, maybe puts themselves in a position where maybe they're a better conference to follow than the SEC. So the, to me, if they're able to get Florida State and Notre Dame. Big Ten is the conference now. Yes. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. In, in some ways, they might already be it because they have secured the entirety of the strength of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. All of it. If you have SC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, screw everybody else. Right. Like You have the strength of the Pac-12. And then you throw in there your bread and butter with Ohio State, 
Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Penn State, the the coast, all the way over to the east side. I mean, tell me what they have, or tell me what the SEC has that they don't have, other than recent national championships. That's the really the only thing. That's about it. Because when you look at other sports, I I would almost argue that the Big Ten is more well rounded. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that would be fair. I think across the board, their basketball is stronger. Texture from the two two three. What if? Love what if. We love what ifs on this yeah. show. Off the bench, you're home for what ifs. And hypotheticals. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that we should put that on a shirt. That's not a bad t-shirt idea. Figure out a logo on the front of the shirt and yeah. on the back, the home of what ifs and hypotheticals. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful on the font and the size with hypotheticals. It will make it really small. Yeah, because I, I think if you if you gave out a shirt that was like an extra small size, yeah. hypotheticals could look really weird at the back of the shirt. What if... Hypothetically, of course. The Pac-12 and the Mountain West were to merge with all of Hawaii... Will all of Hawaii sports move from the Big West if Hawaii doesn't have to pay schools for coming here? Um, Okay. It's a complicated question. First off, I don't think we should be talking about the Mountain West schools merging with the Pac-12. I think we need to go about it the other way around. Like I have said... Gloria Navarez needs to fight like heck to maintain her conference's integrity, um, not give up the Mountain West name. Uh, the Mountain West is in a position of power, and they shouldn't lose it because the Pack whatever was a cool name a while back and, and represented something. Now it represents death. It represents a, um, a, a not-so-slow, decaying death. I don't want that name on a future conference that includes Hawaii or anybody else. But if, let's say, there is, you know, these Pac-12 schools join the Mountain West, I think you're, I think Hawaii still keeps its sports in the Big West. It's other sports outside of football. Um, I don't think there's any need for the Mountain West to ask Hawaii for anything else. I don't think... And this is not a knock on Hawaii, but I don't think Hawaii's other sports make the Mountain West better. Mm. Because that's what you'd be asking for as a conference, right? You'd, if if you are better because Hawaii's basketball team is in the Mountain West, then yeah, you're going to ask to see if Hawaii can join you for all sports. Uh, Mountain West doesn't sponsor men's volleyball, so you really have no help there. Um, Baseball is not a great league for the Mountain West anyway. Hawaii doesn't change that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I don't, I don't think there's a scenario in which Hawaii joins that conference for all its sports. You're still a football only member and you hang around in the big West for all of your other sports. I think that's, that's probably the safest way to go. Safest. Yes. But if we start adding in PAC 12 schools like Oregon state and Washington state, I think the Mountain West will then probably be considering what schools are strong for them. Uh-huh. And I think as Pac-12 schools, don't those guys have men's volleyball as well? Uh, not all of them do. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the Pac-12 doesn't technically sponsor men's volleyball. Um, some of those schools are in, are playing in the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. Gotcha. The MPSF. Okay. 
I was just thinking it might be in our interest to bump up to all of our sports being okay. in, being in the uh, whatever the new conference thing is. If they do go that direction. Interesting. Okay. Well, that could be a good conversation to take to the audience. Our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Um, is it worth it if you're Hawaii to explore the possibility of moving all your sports to the Mountain West? Or do you feel good or fine with the fact that um, – you know, you're you're in the Big West for everything else. You're seemingly competitive in most Big West sports. Um, is it noteworthy to try to take a leap or try to force some kind of a leap? Uh, you can get in touch with us on our uh, text line and our phone line at 808-296-1420. Don't forget about the 26th annual pigskin pig out at Murphy's Bar and Grill on August 16th. It includes a roasted pig dinner, beverages, and a great auction. Your ticket's... You can get them at Murphy's or at HawaiiBowlFoundation.org. Let's uh, let, let's let's get into that a little bit. Uh, that's next off the bench. ESB and Honolulu. I promise there are other things going on outside of conference realignment. <laughs> I promise. Anthony Davis is going to be a Laker for a while. Uh, that contract extension. Very rich Laker for a while. Yes. Um, We'll we'll talk about that coming up here in just a little while. Um, We were talking about one of, uh, was it, no, it wasn't Leroy's text. It was um, the what if text. If there was a merger, would Hawaii's, all of Hawaii sports move on from the Big West? Um, So thinking about it a little bit more during the commercial break, I think there are two things that to me would, would, would not if if you're Hawaii you wouldn't want to move all your sports into one conference. Men's volleyball right now is your strongest sport regardless of size. I mean it's 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 stronger than football right now. It's stronger than than men's basketball. Men's volleyball is giving you great crowds. Um the Mount West does not have uh men's volleyball, which means you would have to ask for an invite from the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation for men's volleyball, and Hawaii used to be there until the Big West sponsored it. Hawaii has not been in the Big West for men's volleyball for that long. That could be kind of awkward. Hmm. Um, The other one being water polo. Hawaii's pretty good in water polo. Uh, The Mountain West does not sponsor water polo. So, again, we're probably talking about looking for an invite from the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation if it wants us to bring water polo back in that conference. And you mentioned men's volleyball. Mountain West does have women's volleyball, but I think the Big West is a better volleyball conference than than the Mountain West is. So I'd probably want to stay there. And one more thing, women's basketball, a couple of consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. It's been really good for the Big West. It's been really good, um, you know, for Hawaii to be able to say, "Hey, you know, um, we're we are are winning a conference. Uh, we're finding ways to do that." I don't know if Hawaii has that same success if they if they go to the Mountain West. I should note UNLV last year mm. was thirty one and three. Wow. 
UNLV lost, I think it was in the first round of the NCAA um, women's basketball tournament to University of Michigan. It's pretty good. Yeah, they started their year winning seven in a row. Um, also, remember, they played UH Hilo at UH Hilo mm. and narrowly walked away with a three-point win. Played Hawaii last year, walked away with a 10-point win. But 31-3, pretty darn good. Um, I, I I can't help but think of those other sports and wonder if Hawaii were to take all those other sports along, how would women's basketball fare? And being protective of those sports and their successes, you would kind of hate to see some of those successes go away because you want to, you know, appease the idea of, um, you know, being having everything in one conference. So, yeah, I, I think for me, I would say if you can keep everything else in the Big West, I'd try my best to keep that. Hmm. And I, I don't know if there's another better option for us. It was more just from the, the side of positioning for us mm-hmm. and being observed as an indispensable member yeah. of the Mountain West because the Mountain West is is looking stronger and stronger by the day just by its positioning. We're, we're about to be the furthest West conference still around. That's right. Other than, uh, you know, other than the Big Ten occupying some on the coast and then the Big 12 occupying some in the mountain area, the Mountain mm-hmm. West will have more schools in and around the Pacific Ocean than any other conference. Right. So that, to me, is really interesting just from a a, a sense of, stra- uh, of strategy. pac 12 just released a statement here within the last 15 minutes. Um, the conference says, and I quote, Today's news is incredibly disappointing for student-athletes, fans, alumni, and staff of the Pac-12 who cherish the over 100-year history, tradition, and rivalries of the Conference of Champions. It came out. We remain focused on securing the best possible future for each of our member universities. Close quote. And by each of their members, they mean four. our last four. Yeah. Um, that sounded to me, when I when I read, even I, including like staff, Yeah. that sounded to me like, um, uh, you know what? I'll use the most recent example here. When Consolidated Theaters announced they were closing down the Coco Marina Theaters, um, you know it was a it was a pleasure to serve the Hawaii Kai community for so many years, uh, but we're committed to our staff and we're focused on you know finding other opportunities within Consolidated Theaters for those staff members to go work at any of those other theaters, which is I think like two or three. Um, kind of sounds like that. It this. This, to me, sounded like closure. Mm. It's done. I see, we see these four. We'll try to help in whatever way we can to make sure these four aren't left out. But there's no talk of expansion anymore. I think that was, what, yesterday or two days ago? Literally, the Pac-12 was talking about seeing what it could do with expansion. Literally this morning, one of the uh, the thing is John Canzano's tweet. The Pac-12 CEOs will also talk about expansion. San Diego State SMU fans should kind of hold on to their seats. Nothing like that now. This is literally 
without saying it's over, it's over. Yeah, I could way off in the distance when you were reading that, I could hear a sad small violin playing. Yeah, there's there's a song that's been in my mind. Um I don't know if we have it in our system. If we if we don't, I certainly need to go find it a little bit later on. Um, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Mm. You know that song, right? I don't know if I know that one. It's 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 a really so really slow, really I know so, the, really the Chicago, sad song. The, there's a song by Chicago called "It's Hard to Say I'm Sorry." Uh huh. There's that. So it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday's by Boys to Men. Boys to Men. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I doubt we have it in the system, but uh, some of the lyrics. How do I say goodbye to what we had? The good times that made us laugh outweigh the bad. I thought we'd get to see forever, but forever's gone away. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Dang. Does that, does that not invoke? <laughs> Pac-12. Sadness. Finality. I don't know. I think we might have it. Um, I'll, I'll look during the commercial break if we've got that somewhere in our system to just totally bring down the mood of the show. Jeez. Happy Aloha Friday, everyone. Uh, yeah. Um, welcome to the uh, to the dungeon of depression uh, that the Pac-12 has uh, has brought us today. That's uh, that's your college football realignment hour. Um, which has uh, led us from excitement to consultation to depression to uh, all sorts of feelings that we have uh, taken you through this hour. Uh, coming up after Sports Center, uh, we'll get a look at traffic that hopefully is uh, much better feeling than yesterday and also uh, the tone of this segment. And uh, we'll turn our attention to the NBA. Anthony Davis, the oft injured Anthony Davis. What kind of pressure is he under? Now that he's got a brand spanking new contract extension. That's coming up after Sports Center. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Seltzer water. Yeah. This is a clean show. Glass of wine. Okay, there we go. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, well, or, uh, I don't know. Some whiskey. Or, since the Pac-12 got really cheap really fast, uh, a Natty Light. There we go. Or uh, some Tito's. <laughs> Take your pick. Whatever it is, uh, we mourn what will be the untimely loss of the Pac-12 conference from our lives after these, uh, this coming year. Not again to uh, to bring down the the total tenor of this show, like I promised we wouldn't after last hour. But um, it it wouldn't be proper if we just walked by and just you know didn't didn't look and drop some flowers, or uh, again just pour something out for the conference. Maybe we'll do a best of moments of the Pac-12 in the coming weeks. Man, that won't take long to put together. Wow. 
Um, Ouch. <laughs> not recently. If we want to talk about football, give me something to throw out there for the Pac-12 in football in the well, last decade. Well, well, if it's 2020, yeah, decade, probably need to go two decades. Yeah. Marcus, uh, yeah, that's, that's right. it. Marcus and Reggie Bush. Well, Reggie Bush would be two decades. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about what I'm about to do here. Yep. Let's bring in Paul at uh, 808-296-1420. Paul, hello Please to you. say goodbye to yes. Hello? Hello. Yeah, Paul. Oh. Oh, okay. I was singing along. There was nothing to sing along to. I'm going to do the Chicago for you guys next. But, you know, I'm going to say something that no one else seems to be saying. This can, maybe we're next, you know. If the money comes, starts coming, we can be next, Josh. Next and for then what? what? Buy out, sell out. I don't know where we'd go, but if the money's good enough, what if, what if Liv comes by? Sees all this ragtag team's. They they offer us, you know. Paul, I, I I just I well, wish what, I, what, I I wish I could understand what you're saying. Like, are you trying to say somebody would buy us out? If if yeah, if it happened to the Pac-12 today, look how fast it happened. Why uh, can't it happen to us? The, the thing is though, that that's actually what's the next not, biggest conference. Uh, what's the next biggest conference? The American, what if they want to do but, the same thing? But that's not that's actually not what's happened. Nobody's bought out the you know the four remaining schools. No, people are are ponying up. Nobody's buying out anybody. I, I think this is there's more to this. Remember the the regions they have to vote on this, right? All of these schools they're they're in they're heavily involved in what I like to call you know, the global warming initiative. They're 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 you know. They're like I don't know. They're, they're looking at concussions. They're looking at uh, NILs. They're going. I don't. We want to deal with this already. Let's just be a school from now. On. Look at all the schools. These are all the schools that that do this. And then, um, you know, if the pack pack the rest of the pack schools come over, if if they if we and um, um, if they and Mountain West go honey honey, you know, you know what you could call it, X pack, right? Like. You see what I did there? That's the X X Pac twelve guys and the schools that wanted to go to the Pac twelve. They're like the outlaws, X X outlaws. Uh, this was called the outlaw. I I think I I think I I think I see it. And coming. Paul, I I Elon pre- thank, thanks Elon for calling, Musk. Paul. Thanks thanks for calling. Um, Elon Musk. Did he say Elon Musk at the very end? Oh, he was trying to like throw in words at the end as I was trying to make this thing move. I got X. I think he was trying to reference the WWE and New Age Outlaws, and all of a sudden, I suddenly we got to global warming. I can I can handle a lot. I can even handle bad singing. I just did not know where that was going. I, I threw either. I threw my glasses on the ground. I I I did not know where we were headed with that. But I let me just make one point clear while we're trying to recover from that phone call <laughs> is that there was no buyout. 
So this idea of, oh, Hawaii could be next because, oh, if they're buying out these schools or whatever, then, you know, why wouldn't they buy out Hawaii? What you're seeing is you're seeing these schools that are on the move kind of moving up, not mm-hmm. moving down. So, you know, let, let, let's get these facts straight here. Let, let's not I – mean, Stanford is not being bought out. Washington State's not being bought out. Same with with Oregon State at Cal. They're just sitting ducks. They're left out, but it's not because they were bought out. Does that that make sense? Yeah. You know, Hunter, you know what what we also did? Saved you from a song Mm. because we were told it was coming. Yeah. So just I, I I think we just had to move at that point, and we saved the back end of that. We did. Neil, thank you for calling in. How are you today, my friend? Stop, boys. How's hey, it going? Neil. How's it going? I, I, you know, I, I was listening to that last caller. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but uh, kind of conspiracy theorist a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like I watched a little bit. It's like you binge watched a whole season of X Files in two days. It will mess. Bro, it, it will mess with you. I mean it. It will. It bro, will mess with you. Yeah, you know, like. Bro, I'm driving. I'm driving home, right? And like, I'm literally, I had to pull over to the side of the road because, oh my god! I'm so but anyways, sorry. it's all good. It's all good. But anyways, um, you know, when you think about what used to be the Pac-10, the Pac-12, whatever is left, you know, Pac-4, eight, six, whatever. Um, I have some really great memories of what used to be the Pac-10 and the Pac-12, man. Like. You know, like the 99 Jeep Oahu Bowl, man. We played against Oregon State, which was a Pac-10 school at that time. And, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Smith was their quarterback at that time. You know, and that was the first year with June Jones in the Oahu Bowl in 1999. And then, you know, you think of like guys like James Harden came out of Arizona State, you know. And you think of Pat Tillman coming out of Arizona State as a Pac-10 school. That's right. Clay Thompson, Washington State. Clay Thompson out of Washington State, Derek Lowe out of Washington State, yeah. my guy, Jason Gepson out of Washington State. You know, so I mean, you thinking about you, you think about the Pac-10 and the Pac-12, right? I mean, realistically, there's a lot that was there, and you know, I get it that like you said, nobody's buying anybody out. There's no global warming initiative. There's no X Pac, none of that. You know what I mean? It's all about. It's about money. Yeah, it's that simple. It's about money. At the end of the day, it's about money. And, you know, the thing, and and I I heard it on your guys' station yesterday or the day before, college football as we know it is going to be fine. We're not going to lose, you know, the Cal-Stanford games. We're not going to lose... You know, with the with the conference realignments being with, across the country, not just in a Pac-10 and a Pac-12 and a Big 12 and all that, we're not going to lose those marquee games. We're not going to lose the game. We're not going to lose Michigan versus Ohio. We're not losing we're not the Apple Cup. Them. We're not going to lose the Apple Cup. We're not going to lose the border war. We're not going to lose any of that. That's going to still be there because college football, as we've seen, is a sport that is built upon tradition. So... You would be stupid to lose the Apple Cup. You'd be stupid to lose the border war. The stupidest thing was when Colorado and Colorado State 
got rid of their Rocky Mountain showdown because Colorado didn't want to play the game in Denver in a neutral site. <laughs> That's right. Which was stupid. I'm sorry. I'm just going to call it call a duck a duck. It was stupid. But those were the traditions because I went to school in Colorado and it was those, those were the traditions. And we don't have them anymore because why? At the end of the day, it was all about money. And it's always going to be about money. So... We- we remind ourselves that college sports is a business. It's a big business. Um, you know, it's not like and, and good to hear from you, Neil. Thank you for Thanks, dialing Neil. in. It's it's Thanks. it's not it, it's not like um, it's not a nonprofit. It's not a five hundred one c three. It's it's a big business. You know, the the only thing that I would say is is contrary to what Neil said is, yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, you keep the traditions and all that stuff. The only exception when Texas A&M left the Big 12 for Tex, uh, for the SEC, Texas and Texas A&M playing against each other was no more. Mm. That was the only thing. Now that's going to change. Texas is joining the SEC in 2024. But outside of that, um, yeah, it, it – you know, they lost it. Now, we know the Apple Cup's going to stay around. I haven't heard any commitment to the border war. I haven't heard any commitment to, you know, some of the other games, Colorado, Colorado State. But um, he, he's right. Yeah, um, college football is, is built on tradition. I'll go back to something I said um, in, in the first hour. If there's anything, I'm excited for, for something new. I'm excited to see... More of maybe USC, Ohio State, yeah, UCLA, Michigan, um, Oregon, Oregon, Ohio State. I'm throwing Ohio State out a lot. You can understand yeah. why. Um, Utah, Baylor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arizona State, West Virginia. Yeah. That's a weird one. It is weird. Uh, UCF, West Virginia actually could be... Oh kind yeah, of a good one. Yeah, or you think of offenses, UCF, Texas Tech. Yeah, think about SEC too, man. Oklahoma versus Alabama mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. Auburn and Texas. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's that's what I mean. Like you have the opportunity now for something new. Um, the old, for the most part, doesn't go away, but something new remains. And as long as you're kind of open to it. I, I think it can be a good thing um, as, as long as it's uh, not abused, I guess. Uh, Jerry's in Kahala. Jerry, how are you, man? How are you guys doing? I good, Jerry. You're enjoying the Friday. Listen, I mean, with this is a, it's a crisis for the Pac-10, but we sort of talked about it before. The college football game is changing, and I've always believed that it's the independent stations like you guys or the – loosely affiliated stations, as well as these now loose universities, form a new conference. Make it a combo, maybe a super conference, 20 teams, Mountain West, some of the, maybe have uh, Idaho in there, and uh, Boise State, and, uh, of course, the four from the Pac-12 and Hawaii. I mean, they could make some interesting matchups out of that, and it would be a natural television league, particularly because the NC2A, in effect, has abandoned the West Coast. It's an East Coast bias. But there's a lot of people in the Western United States that we could actually build something that uh, I think would begin to rival the, the Big Ten and Big 12 
in about oh, five, ten years. But I think this is an opportunity for us. But we gotta like think outside the box here and make it happen. That's all I gotta say. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, Jerry. Um, I, I want to hit on one of the one of the things he just said. The NCAA has abandoned the West Coast. I don't know that I'd say the NCAA has abandoned the West Coast. I mean, it, it it's just a matter of fact, whether you like it or not, that most of these FBS programs are from the mountain time zone and out. And you got a bunch of West Coast schools. I don't want to say a ton, but there's some FCS programs like Cal Poly and San Diego and, and so on that are in the FCS that are in the West Coast. Um, but football in general is really, honestly, south to out east. And it's kind of been that way for a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. The balance of power in college football, whether you've liked it or not, has always stood from Texas on out, from, from you know, one of the, the, the birthplaces of Friday Night Lights um, going to a time zone where a lot of people are watching. Yeah. East of the Mississippi. There you go. That's that's better. Pretty much. Circled around Birmingham, Alabama, which is uh, the, the, the city that always has the best college football ratings every year. Yep. Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Roll Tide. And, and you could talk about wanting to own the West Coast or grab a foothold in the West Coast, but that is a relatively small grab. You're not going to be competitive Big 12, SEC, Big 10, really. You're, you're not going to be competitive with those conferences in trying to gain some kind of leverage or gain some kind of viewership or gain some kind of, you know, whatever it is you're trying to gain. It, it's almost like it's a niche, but it's not necessarily a popular one. It's good regionally, which is a reminder that college football is still very much a regional sport. Big time. Um, but if you don't have brand names, you you don't have, you know, power viability in the West Coast, unfortunately. But I see where Jerry's coming from. He's thinking outside the box, and I like that. Yep. Um, I, I just don't know that there's a lot of um, – how would I put it? I, I don't know that there's a lot that you can get out of that, if that mm. if that makes sense. I do I do appreciate his stance on remaining creative. Yes, agreed. That that side I I do agree with that the Mountain West and smaller market schools and universities need to bump up their their creative um stance uh in order to be uh, successful. Uh, one more here. Texter from the 722. Be honest, gents. What is happening in college athletics is called slow motion suicide. And the dollars in their eyes are based on the game where 90% of participants end up with brain damage. Boy, we've lumped a lot of things together there. Um, wow. Think about that while we hit traffic. Yeah, let, let, let that text simmer. I don't want to ignore it. But let it simmer for a moment. Let's get traffic here. You're off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, uh, another look at traffic. Sports Center is uh, about six minutes with Kevin Winter. 
Um, also, we still got to get to Anthony Davis and uh, Ocho. ESPN 8, the Ocho, brought out some gems today. Really did. Some of the highlights <laughs> coming up in a, in a little bit. I want to read back the text uh, that we got before the break. Um, I know you've got some thoughts on it. Texter from the 722, as we've been talking about college football, said, and I quote, Be honest, gents. What is happening in college athletics is called slow motion suicide. And the money in their eyes are based on the game where 90% of participants end up with brain damage. I know you thought about that pretty closely, Hunter. Um, yeah, I, it's it's hard to figure out where they're going in that text. Um, I want to dive into the 90% experience brain damage. Um, they have completely changed the way that we play football. They've completely changed the way that we are um, padded up. You use the word emasculated. I believe that the game of football has been emasculated, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you no longer have the threat of getting hit over the middle. You no longer have the threat as a quarterback of being penalized for throwing over the middle or a wide receiver of trying to go for a ball. It used to be you can't throw over the mid- the middle because a safety or a linebacker will clean your guy out. Right. They have completely eliminated that side of the game. Completely. Um, quarterbacks can stay in the pocket longer now without much fear of really much happening to them because they've changed the way that the, the game is officiated, the way that games are, are ruled. Good hits now are brought back to instant replay to see if they're even remotely targeting, even if it's a clean hit. The, the game has shifted. So I actually would refute that side of that text um, pretty hand over fist because I, I represent that 90%. And to my knowledge, I don't have any brain damage. And they're still changing the game. Big time. You know, we were just learning about some of the new rules um, in the NFL yesterday with the Hall of Fame game. They have the experimental rule with the kickoffs uh, where it's like college now. If yep. you uh, if you field it within the 25 and you – uh, you know, you you wave fair catch, you get the ball at the twenty five yard line. They're even flirting with the XFL's kickoff rule of you can't run until the guy catches it. Yeah, and and you're down the field already. You are. Like you're. I think you're at like the opposite twenty five or thirty or something like that. Basically eliminating full speed contact. Right. From the game in general. Right. And and I'm sorry, but. Um, Get used to it. For all the people when yep. it was several years ago where people were talking about maybe we've seen the death of football. Football's still alive and kicking. Yep. Can't really say the same thing about it's the It's gonna Pac-12. change though. Yeah. Traffic sports center on the way. It's off the bench. I don't know how many times I've refreshed X since this show started. Man, at least twice a segment, and then maybe three times during a commercial break. Yep. And we're in segment seven, so you can you can count all that. Uh, reason why is it just seems like conference alignment is just still moving because it is. Uh, Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports, a couple of gems here in the last hour. First one: ACC presidents were scheduled to meet tonight to further discuss the league's latest expansion plan. 
recent Big 12 acquisitions likely any ended any westward expansion plans. The league seriously explored adding five to seven Pac-12 schools. Um, there was some kind of like conversation about a potential merger or 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 an alliance uh, between the ACC and the Pac-12, but uh, but yeah, here clearly uh, it looked like they had potential thoughts of doing this, and that's gone nowhere. Whether they're still meeting, I don't know. Uh, Ross doesn't say here, but here's the other one. This is this is more notable to us here. Presidents and ADs from the remaining four Pac-12 schools have held multiple meetings today to discuss next steps. Options are limited, but one of the most practical is a merger or partnership with the Mountain West, which the Mountain West Conference is receptive to. That's what sources tell Yahoo Sports. That's the key line. The Mountain West is receptive to this. Um, But he also says here there is still shock among the group of four. Pac-12 presidents were scheduled to meet this morning and approve a grant of rights. And as one school official said, everybody went to bed last night thinking this thing was done. It's a sad day. Close quote. Um, let, let's focus on that last line. I, I, we got a, a bunch of text messages. I promised we were going to get to Anthony Davis. We haven't gotten there. There's too many things moving here. We had somebody, There's a lot going on. We had somebody enter the twilight zone at the start of this hour. I mean, we had conspiracy yeah. theories and, <laughs> and, and X-Pac and global warming. And, and Elon Musk. Oh, my goodness. I didn't. I, someone might have been driving a Tesla and crashed during that segment. I don't know. Um, we'll get there. But that line, the Mountain West is receptive to, is, it doesn't tell us a lot, but it tells me that it's out there. It's not, um, you know, some of the things that people have been throwing out and and speculating, I I guess, does exist, that, you know, there there could be something here. Um, But I just, I, I, I wonder what it looks like. We've is it a straight merger? I, I don't see a partnership here. No. There is <laughs> there is no partner to be had in the Pac twelve anymore. Right. And there's there's really no need for us to make any sort of compromises. Right. We have all the cards. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why would we step down into their shallow end of the pool? That's correct. You know? Like they if we have what y'all do not have any longer stability mhm so yeah this is whew, this is this is kind of wild josh and with us if all four of those teams were to come here and we had 16 teams in the mountain west is the mountain west now the premier group of 5 conference yes in college athletics yes i think it is too and hawaii's in it yeah, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, you know, you you make what a, good a day point. to be alive. Yeah, for for all the people saying, oh, Hawaii should be trying to get into the Pac-12. No, Asia, uh, you know, the 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 Asia market, and no, no, Pac-12 is on life support in a trailer park somewhere. Yes, um, and and it it pays sometimes to be patient. It really does. It pays to just 
when when you are not someone let's let's all learn from the mistakes of San Diego State. I, I feel like we can always go back to that and look at our guy at look at them as the guide. When you don't need to do something drastic, sometimes it's best not to. Just kind of sit back, let things play out, and if you know that you're in a place that you're not going to lose a lot of leverage, why chance it? Right? San Diego State chanced it. Seeing that it was the only one left in Southern California, that you know, they were going to play a hand that had, um, honestly, they were going to play a hand that had a pair of eights and, and hold them. Thinking that when, you know, once uh, once they got to the uh, to the draw and once, once you laid the five cards down, that you were going to go from a pair to like a, uh, I don't know, a straight or no, not even a straight. You know what I mean? They were, they were going to get four aces or four eights. Yeah, they're gonna get a four of a kind, and what did they end up doing? Flopping. Other other players came out and they had a pair of kings, had a royal flush, had a straight, and you're sitting there with your pocket eights. Sometimes you don't really need to bluff and think that you've got something bigger than you have, and see how everybody acts on it. Just you know. Sit there and watch. If you if you if you got the blind, just you know, just toss your cards. Let everybody else play it out, and then when the time is right, jump in and go all in. But this was not the time, and San Diego State learned their lesson. Granted, they got lucky. They only really lost about a hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. They got so lucky. Yes, but they they tried to play a hand that didn't exist. So, yeah, we have to kind of remind ourselves, in our situation, there was really no hand to play. Um, you know, nobody dealt us a, a, a hand on the table, but we didn't force our way onto the table. We just kind of stood there and watched and waited for something on the table to open up. And when that something on the table opens up, Hawaii will be there in a position to say, hey, we've got a seat at this table. Right now, we've got a seat on this other table. We're looking we're, we're looking to see what's going on around us, but we've got a seat on this 12-team table right now. Um, that's It's pretty comfortable. Mm. Could you have ever foreseen back when USC and UCLA were saying that they were going to be leaving the Pac-12, could you have ever foreseen this shaking out? No. Me neither. I would have never thought that ultimately that would be the the first of many dominoes to bring down the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 would be gone. Yeah, in the span of one calendar year. Yeah, and less. Yeah, because I think because USC, USC and UCLA started the demise, but the the conference still could have saved itself. It unfortunately had a commissioner that didn't have a lot of experience in this field and couldn't handle the pressure of a conference that was sinking because he didn't know how to save it because he didn't have experience in this field. Couldn't manage TV rights. Couldn't keep people happy. Was full of empty promises. Mm -hmm. Klyvakov screwed it up. Larry Scott screwed it up before him. Klyvakov couldn't save it. 
Uh, let's say hi to Paul here at 808-296-1420. Paul, how are you? Oh, Paul's not there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it No, it said on the screen, different Paul. Different Paul. You, you gave me a look like, what? No, it was a, it was a Twice one. in one hour, but it's different Paul. Yeah, we, we wouldn't have let that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, sometimes, and I think we've talked about this before, but I think it's a good time to bring it back. Hmm. The the Big Twelve took a chance on on a on a conference commissioner that wasn't necessarily like your prototypical you know conference leader, and it worked. The Pac twelve took a chance on a guy who worked at MGM Grand, and it didn't work. Not saying he was like a a nobody at MGM Grand. He was a somebody at MGM Grand. He was a high up guy. Knows events, knows marketing and stuff like that, but college athletics can throw you for a loop. Well, in in the interest of him working at MGM Grand and it being a casino, the longer you stay at the table with no cards, the house will win. He should have known that. Or the longer you stay at a table with no cards, the quicker security comes by to get you off the table. Exactly. Because you, you you're not allowed to be a spectator. No. Uh, Patrick texts in or Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. Just a thought. Not sure if this is any validity. What happens if the Saudis decide that they want to take over college sports? Just last year, they profited $2.3 trillion. That profit will only go up. Every year, since it's all about money, they have virtually unlimited resources. What will college athletics look like? When they are already trying to take over golf, it's a scary thought. It is a scary thought. They seem to be going after every professional sport. Man, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't. Yeah, it's tough with the NCAA because of its connection to our government. Yes. Because a lot of times, not not all the time, but the majority of schools in the NCAA are public universities. And so public universities are funded, for the most part, by states Mm -hmm. and then subsequently by the government. Right. And so that I don't I don't foresee there being a partnership there that we would uh, where yeah, where that could even happen. It'd be wild if it did. I, I pray that it doesn't. The only way is if the Saudis owned a television network that had Mm. sports. And if they had that and they could throw money behind the network and then throw money toward the schools um, through that agreement, that would be the way to do it. I mean, you just got public and private institutions that um, you know can really determine how they take in revenue. Um, and this, uh, to me, as of right now, college sports is too much on the outside of what is capable of, of them to accomplish. But hey... They put a sports network together. They put a channel together. You all of a sudden have something that's got wide distribution. Conversation could be different. Um, let me, by the way, go back to Ross Dellinger's tweet where he said the Mountain West is uh, is receptive to a merger or partnership. Um, Dellinger says, and I quote, reforming the Pac-12 with acquisitions is a long shot. The most likely candidates from the Mountain West were the exit fee to leave in time for 2024 is $34 million per school. 
So to those trying to think of the idea of Mountain West schools moving up, um, Pac-12 is not going to hang around at four schools no. in in 2024. It makes and it uh, wouldn't be sense. a move up. Yeah, it it would make uh, zero sense. Uh, lots of reaction that has, that's been coming from you. Our Zephyr Insurance text line's been busy. You can call us at 808-296-1420. How's about an M. Dyer Global scoreboard? There we go. You cool with that? Cool with that. Uh, it's brought to you by M. Dyer Global Moving Hawaii. Into the future, uh, we just watched the Yankees lose. Uh, Yankees lost to the Houston Astros today. Shocker. 7-3 uh, to three as uh, the Yankees are flirting with... Um, Irrelevance in the playoff picture if this uh, if this keeps happening. Games in progress. Uh, Minnesota leading the Diamondbacks three to two, bottom eight. Uh, Seattle and the Angels five five, top of the fourth inning. Dodgers up on the Fathers one nothing in the uh, bottom of the fourth. And uh, don't forget the FIFA Women's World Cup is um, uh, really back underway because you've got Team USA who is playing uh, tomorrow night. 11 p.m. Hawaii time. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. What do we do to be awake at 11 o'clock at night to watch uh, uh, Team USA? There are matches today, by the way, uh, if you are interested. Uh, Switzerland and Spain is on at 7 o'clock tonight. Japan and Norway is at uh, 10 o'clock tonight. Nice. So if you need your fix of the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup, uh, you got that right there. Um, I think there was there there was a score I, I did want to mention. Uh, you've got Hawaii teams playing in the Little League uh, Senior uh, Softball and, and um, Baseball Series going on. I did see... Um, couple of scores that came out here in the uh, Senior League Softball World Series. Uh, Little League Softball World Series quarterfinal. Uh, Honolulu defeated New Jersey 15-1. to uh, So they're off to the semifinals. Congratulations to them. Nice. Um, and then uh, Central East Maui uh, taking on New Jersey in the uh, semifinals of the Senior League Baseball uh, World Series. That's uh, where is that being played? I don't I don't remember where that's being played. But yeah, Central East Maui is uh, playing out there, and I believe the score of that uh, that game, which I believe is gone final, uh, they lost twelve to two in five innings. Mm. So uh, they lose in the semifinals. They won't be competing for the championship. They lose to Cherry Hill, New Jersey. In, uh, in in the Senior League World Series. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global always on the move. A look at traffic here. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, uh, another Sports Center update with Kevin Winter. Um, I don't know if he's got anything creative on conference realignment. He hasn't today. So uh, maybe he'll he'll think of something, uh, make us all it's happy good. It, it's good. It's good on its own. It is. Um, but Kevin came up with some some good gems yesterday. He did. Which is why I'm just kind of curious if he's uh, he's got something to throw out there. Uh, we will get to Anthony Davis. Also, next hour, um, we did hear, of course we would, we heard from Deion Sanders. Yeah, Coach Prime. Yep. Deion Sanders was asked about conference alignment. And uh, he basically said uh, um, he called out. I, I would say he called out the hypocrisy of it, and then well, then said, "Well, you know, it's up to us to win." 
and um, and and left it at that. So um, you'll hear that coming up in just a little bit. By the way, um, ESPN eight the Ocho was on yesterday. Uh, well, it started yesterday. It is uh, it is still going on today. In fact, uh, Liz, if you could do me a favor, can you put um, can you put the uh, tube on twelve twenty four? I wanna I wanna show uh, Hunter what is on right now, uh, so he has an idea of what the Ocho is uh, is bringing to the table. Oh my goodness! The Pillow Fight Championship. Yes, this is what the Ocho ESPN eight the Ocho is giving us as a gift today. Oh my gosh. You you sound like you're not impressed. No, I'm not. These, I mean, these look like um, almost like weighted pillows. Now with the, the and this is and, and to paint the picture, I'm sorry, it's it's in a boxing ring. Yeah. Um, these competitors. <laughs> so you can't run away. Yeah, these competitors are wearing like boxing helmets. Um, and and yeah, you're just you're you're flinging pillows. You've got like instead of the flying back fist, it's the flying back pillow. Unreal. Um, yeah, you you don't seem very uh, very enticed by that. No, my my main thought with all of these obscure games and competitions is the I guess the rules involved with it. What what sort of diagnosis are they doing on your pillow? <laughs> what can you hide in there? Did you put a Did you put a little weight in your pillow? Exactly. You can knock someone out with that. You could. They also have a presenting sponsor for the Pillow Fight Championship. Sleep number. No. Oh. Dr. Pepper. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thought it was going to be sleeper-related. Coming up a little bit later on on ESPN 8, the Ocho, it is Corgi Races oh my. at the Emerald Downs, followed by your favorite 2023 Foot Golf World Cup. All right. See that you wanted to watch that. I I would play foot golf. You, okay. Foot golf looks like a good time and actually requires some skill. Uh-huh. Um, I did watch um, a couple of things. There's one I showed you a little while ago that I actually kind of liked. Think of soccer on a smaller field with three teams playing, like four on four on four, with three goals. Yeah, so from above, it kind of looks like a, a circle, sphere field, that has been broken up into thirds. Yep. One third, one third, one third. And each subsequent goal occupies one of those three thirds of the field. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. It's called Omega Ball. And they have men's and women's um, versions of it. They're doing this in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And a lot of the competitions, um, this is what they did differently this year. They most of these competitions are being held in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and a lot of them live. So yeah, Rock Hills become like the home of the Ocho. Of the Ocho. Um, so yeah, I I watched that one for a little while. I I thought that was kind of fun. Now, is it purely the the team that gets the most goals wins? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a point system, and it's not score uh, p- points scored against that mm, subtracts. No. Okay. No. Because you can go at any goal. I know, but like, how could two teams not gang up on the third? 
Yeah, I guess he could, but sometimes yeah. I guess. See, look, um, you've got people now fighting in the stands with, with pillows. pillows. Yeah, it is. It is an all-out brawl in the empty stands in Rock Hill, South Carolina, of the Pillow Fight Championship. But you know what? The other one I watched today. Have Have you ever seen um, Most Extreme Elimination oh, Challenge? Oh, of course. It's one of my favorite. Favorite shows from my childhood. This one reminded me of that. Okay. Slippery stairs. All right. Yep. So, I mean, you're you're trying <laughs> to crawl upstairs that are slippery, and you have people on the top of the stairs pouring down water to try to make you fall. Is there a giant paper mache boulder being pushed down at them as well? <laughs> no. It's, these are thin stairs. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's exciting to see, you know, who gets up the stairs first. The most exciting part? They all got to come down. They all fall. Yeah, they all fall and they all crash at the bottom. Sounds like a nursery rhyme, London Bridges falling down. Kind of does. Um, so, yeah, the um, you know you, we missed the Excel World Championship. Oh, my gosh. We missed the 2023 Wisconsin Auctioneers Championship. That one, I think we both agreed, would have been kind of interesting to hear them yodel on. Yeah, you can actually watch it on... Um, on, on the ESPN app, uh, the, the, it is all on on replay. Uh, but still to come, the e-scooter championship, spike ball, which I actually think spike ball looks kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, Red Bull paper wings, and the Corona belt sander races. Oh my! Not like that doesn't sound dangerous enough. I love ESPN eight the Ocho, but we we're missing something. Dodgeball. Yes. Usually they end it with with the movie Dodgeball. Of course. And they don't have Dodgeball on this it's a year. a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for them. Right. I wonder if they lost the rights to the movie. Mm. That, that could be it. Uh, the Deion Sanders. Oh, we're just watching Pillow Fighting. Deion Sanders after Sports Center. For the sake of uh, what I think is good journalism... That bag that Deion Sanders is yeah. talking about? Well, at least his is Louis Vuitton. Okay. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> I figured you did. Yes. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. That was Deion Sanders earlier today. He was asked about uh, conference realignment, and I, I, I loved his answer. I mean, his answer was simply, hey, um, just win. And he also, I think it was earlier than that, he basically said, we're going to win. Um. Deion Sanders kind of kind of doubling down a little bit on uh, what he feels is uh, where his team should be. He expects to win, um, and he believes that even with all these changes and all that going on, the the goal is still simple: just win. That's all he can control. That's all his players can control: just win. I think that's really at the end of the day. All that anybody can really focus on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of refreshing to hear that, Josh. It is. I agree. In all of the fluff nonsense about conference realignment, uh, NIL, transfer portal, new era in college football, at the end of the day, you play to win the game. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And I think... Who knows if Colorado will actually win games? They won't win much. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those times where you want to have the right coach that can 
talk to your players when these kind of things come up because of course there's gonna there's gonna be a little bit of uncertainty uh your players are gonna ask well what does this mean um you know does this does this affect us in any way and you've got someone who you know has not been a coach for very long still i mean uh, Deion sanders still kind of young i i believe yeah that can level with these guys and kind of relate with them um, in kind of how to handle it. I also think too that there are a lot of people in the younger the the younger demo or younger kind of generation. They they like to worry about things that they don't need to worry about. Uh, they like to put their hands in too many things, etc. They like you know. Um, it is hard to just be like, hey, focus on this one thing. You know, just just focus on the football, focus on your schoolwork, focus on those two things. Everything else is going to take care of itself. I got this. Athletic directors got it. Just focus on what you can do. We, we make it sound like it's easy, but I don't think it is. Mm. I mean, you, you played. Um, how hard is it to get that kind of attention to, to detail or, or just focus in general? Uh, not hard when you're, uh, like I'm trying to think about it from UH's perspective right now. We're inputting a brand new offense, Mm -hmm. something that these guys have never ran before in order to accomplish that a great deal of teaching, a great deal of focus and attention to detail must be applied in order to have any semblance of success. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think it, it's a little bit different with all of the things that are on the table right now. Um you know, for the the, the closest that we ever had is just guys who are on scholarship because okay. in, in some aspects you are here to play football. We're literally taking care of your school, your housing, everything for you to play football. So if you wanted to draw some lines of obligation, that's the closest that we have to that over here. Um, I, man, I, I'm sure some schools do have a difficult time with student athletes and egos and what all comes with some of this new NIL circusry that we're kind of faced with right now. You know, I think you created a good point too that you know, a program like Dion's, it's a new culture, right? It's a new. It is. Um, and so you already have things that are kind of occupying you. New culture, you know, I'm sure there's some technical things as well. So you already have that you're kind of worried about. Maybe you don't have the mental energy or the mental space to be able to take in anymore. Timmy, you just mentioned it in Hawaii's case, and granted, Hawaii doesn't really have to worry about this all that much, but you're taking in you know, new verbiage, new ideals on, um, um, you know, on, on the run and shoot. That yeah, that's a good bunch of mental energy that you're already expending, that you can't put any more anywhere else. Where you might get concerned a program that hasn't necessarily changed that 
you know, maybe has a more old school minded head coach. Yeah. That um, maybe that's the kind of program that doesn't know how to handle this stuff and has guys that, uh, you know, are maybe a little too worried about the wrong things. I could kind of make sense a little bit. Sure. I I think what we're going to actually see with Dion, this is my hot take for the next however many years he's at Colorado. Okay. Where we could see a kind of repeated cycle of every spring another mass exodus coming from their team. Mm-hmm. Where you could literally see transfer portal filling their roster on a yearly basis under these new rules. Maybe not the entire roster and maybe not quite as steep, but I, I see a, a guy like Dion running his school or running his his program almost f- from a uh like a hired mercenary kind of kind of way that you bring in new athletes every single year to fill specific roles. I I think we're going to start to see that that style of coaching where we've never had the rules to afford that style before and we've never had the kind of um support from the institution and NCA to allow that to happen. I thought your Deion Sanders hot take was going to be that Colorado would make the college football playoff. No. <laughs> no. I I think in order to be successful at the collegiate level, you need culture. You need a like what you talked about the 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 buy-in, the attention to detail. I I don't think that that's a winning model. I think you need guys that are able to come in and be humble and work hard and uh, had a coach one time say, do your 111th. That's part of what makes football great is it's not about you. In that transfer portal, it's all about me mindset that that doesn't mesh. So I'm not real bullish on where Colorado could go, but I'm just – that's where I think they will end up going with – Prime. If you if you have a coach who's still calling himself by his alter ego, <laughs> how does that then not um get translated to your players? How how are you gonna encourage them to be their truest selves and feel like they're okay when you yourself have to be this alter? alternate persona ego driven maniac it's just i don't know it's kind of a it's kind of a a complicated issue it is off the bench here on espn honolulu hunter hughes josh pacheco now there is something here with all this college football stuff we've been seeing stuff rolling in here all afternoon could we see a change to the college football playoff format by 2025 uh yahoo sports is reporting that there is, there are calls now to re-examine the college football playoff format for 2025. Of course, the format right now goes to 12 teams. You have six automatic bids, one from each power conference league, the five, so Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, SEC, Big 10, and then a, um, a group of five league. Yep. So that would be six and then the six at-larges. An early suggestion that has come out here 
is five automatic bids in general and at-large bids as soon as 2024. Now, 2024 would actually be this coming year because the college football playoffs new format is supposed to be around 2025, which is after the 2024 season. Yep. Um, Well, that rule already is obsolete now. Because right. the Pac-12 is gone. Right. It's it's going to be around. Yeah, that's right. The Power 5 is now the Power 4. Right. So I, the, I almost wonder if they will change that to four automatic big bids for the Power 4, one for a group of five, and then after that, the next seven highest ranked teams. Yeah, what it says here, it just says five automatic bids and... At large bids, so it doesn't say if it's you know four power conference and one at uh, one group of five, or it's just I mean five in general because you're going to have four power conference anyway. So I don't know. Here, here's here's my bounce back to that. Do you really need an automatic group of five league bid? I think so because I mean you're technically already going to have one, right? It's just a matter of who's it going to be because if you if you have four power conferences then your automatic bid your other automatic bid does have to come from a from a group of five technically. Yeah, but I I like this new rule though because it allows for the off chance of let's rewind the clocks back just a couple of years. What if it's a year where Cincinnati and UCF were both fantastic? Mhm. It allows for both of them to at least have a shot in the CFP. So uh, let's now fast forward. Okay, we have a year where Tulane plays unbelievable, and they're a one-loss Tulane school. And then you have mm, Boise. Right. Boise's a one-loss Boise school. If you didn't have this, then only one of those schools would get that automatic bid for the group of five, and then... Based off of strength of schedule, they may not be in that top twelve ranking. Okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. At a twelve and one record, right? So, yeah. I see what you mean. Um, yeah, when there'd be probably like seven or eight schools at ten and two, eleven yeah. and two. I mean, I would love in a perfect world, and I see you guys on the phones, we'll get to you here at 808-296-1420. I, in a perfect world, wouldn't it be great if you had you know, your five automatic conference champs and let's say two of them were a group of five conferences? In a perfect world. Of course. Right? I, I would love for that perfect world. It's It won't happen. There's too much power that's yeah. now in these big three. Right. Let's uh, should we take this now or should we take this after the break? Let's let's take it now. Uh, Thomas is calling in here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Thomas, how are you? Fine. Hello. So, yeah, go ahead, Thomas. How can I help you? Yeah, I was wondering with all this talk of conference moving, nobody has mentioned anything about the NCAA. What what is what is going to think going to happen with with that league? Well, I don't. I don't think anything would. I mean, this is all under the auspices of the NCAA. The NCAA is not going to do anything about it because it doesn't affect them. 
it just affects all the conferences that are under the NCAA banner. But I, if I were to play a game on this, some believe that this could lead to some of these conferences breaking away from yep. the NCAA. Seceding. And I don't know that I buy that. I think there are still too oh, many yeah? good things in the NCA, like March Madness and stuff like that, that bring in too much money. That I just can't see conference. You know, some of these conferences getting and away rules, from. rules yeah. across conferences keep everything kind of uniform. Mm. Well, I, I don't. Has anybody made though any kind of statement from NCAA about what is going on? And you know, you're talking about like now, you're talking about you know the playoffs and how the picture looks. Um, you know, now now that uh, they're paying players because they're using the image and a lot of schools are getting really bolder about, you know, going against the NCAA, I mean. I, 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 I oh, we lost Thomas. Thanks for calling in, Thomas. The NCAA hasn't said anything because they don't need to. That's right. And NIL stuff is actually more of a state-to-state issue on right. what they're allowed to pay minors, what they aren't allowed to do. And it really just comes down to the kind of flexibility and savviness of your boosters and subsequent athletic programs. And, and the NCAA has addressed NIL. Um, it doesn't really apply in this instance. And, um, you know, they are seeing legislators talk about it and yep. schools obviously are talking about it. So, you know, that's been addressed. But right but now no legislation not, right. or anything and, like that. I mean, there's proposed legislation, but nothing like bipartisan proposed legislation, but nothing like a law right now. Nope. So, I mean, the NCA can focus on that. There's really um, nothing else for them to, to talk about right now. Uh, we'll get your uh, traffic in here, your texts, your phone calls at 808-296-1420. Hunter and I are going to watch some foot golf while you listen to traffic. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update with Kevin Winters on the way in uh, about six and a half minutes. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Leroy texts into the program our Zephyr Insurance text line. I think the Mountain West should negotiate the TV deal if the Pac-12 remainder were included, but move to Pac-12 with the deal. Then champion would be included in the college football playoff if the highest sixth. What, what Leroy is saying is, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's renegotiate our deal. Then let's go to the Pac-12 and call ourselves a um, a, a power conference yeah. and then give ourselves an automatic. Yep. I hate to break it to everybody. I know we're in a brand new reality, literally within the last couple of days. Right. But the Pac-12 is no longer in the Power Five conferences. Yeah, and I think that's why they the you know they need to meet the college football playoff committee does need to meet because I think part of part of this is going to have to be who is a um, power five conference and who is not, and yep. I think they will have to make a determination to call whatever the pack is not, uh, and 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 if they're going to stay alive, it's going to be either the Pac twelve or the Mountain West, whatever it is, uh, officially classify them as a group of five conference. What if? What okay. if? We love what if and hypotheticals. Before you say that, what if? 
I want to read you the crazy what if we got before the end of the last hour. Okay. The Chinese got involved to challenge the Saudis. In what? Probably not foot golf. No. So I couldn't. I, the I, French I, just I, won, by the way. They did. There are world champions in foot golf. Yeah. It's the French national team. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I think they're meaning if the Chinese uh, compete with the Saudis and trying to get into college football, they won't. I don't. I don't see yep. that happening. Um, but anyway, uh, you were gonna say, yeah. What if? What if? Okay. Stanford, Cal. Oregon State, Washington State, get adopted by the Mountain West. Yeah. We now have 16 teams yeah. in the Mountain West. And when the NCAA comes out and deems who is power five and who's group of five, what if they name us a, a power five conference? Somebody's being paid under the table. If just, that happens. Like, I, I, I'm just, we might as well. Like, talk like this. This is crazy talk. There's <laughs> oh, a bunch of crazy, oh, okay, crazy Harry. reality that we live in right okay, now. Okay, Harry Carey. Yeah. Um, Cubs win. <laughs> it's pretty good. Cubs win. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, that's, man. Everybody can do a Harry is, Carey. That is a really good Harry Carey. Well, thank you, Josh. <laughs> Jeez. Sing with me now. Oh. One. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> or three. Traffic and sports center on the way. It's off the bench. This show went a lot of ways that I didn't think it would. Uh, we had we had things on the docket today that you know what? Just um, conference realignment and, and uh, Hawaii and pity for the Pac-12 and all those things just kind of uh, kind of took over today. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of the fun of doing an afternoon show is that um, you know, we, uh, we we get to do stuff on the fly because things happen uh, while we're on the air. So um, yeah, this is this is kind of fun. Alex has been uh, hanging on very patiently. Alex, how are you? Oh, great. Uh, great show, you guys. Thank you. Uh, you know, I think those four remaining teams really have no options left. Uh, where are they going to go? Um, so, you know, I see them willingly coming into um, Mountain West. Um, and you know, getting, you know, renaming the conferences Mountain West Pacific. You know, it's um, like a Star Bulletin Advertiser merger, you know. Um, now, the other thing, though, is um, the one thing that, the one school that I do kind of feel bad for is Stanford. You know, it's, uh, Stanford has a lot of, uh, you know, history in terms of championships, uh, especially in the Olympics arena, and really they don't have any place to go. I I still think there's life for Stanford. Um, I I know that these four definitely feel outcasted, um, like outcasts. But I think for Stanford and Cal, there is a glimmer of hope for them. I would not be surprised if the Big Twelve took a flyer on those two schools. 
um, just to get to and, th- and thanks for the call, Alex. Just yeah, to get thanks, to uh, what would it be? Eighteen, I think it would be, because I, we were talking about earlier. Um, ESPN has a contract with the Big Twelve, and what ESPN does not have right now is a West Coast school as part of its television inventory. Once 2025 hits, no USC, no UCLA, no Oregon, no Washington. Um, they, ESPN doesn't have rights to the Mountain West. So I wouldn't be surprised. Our phone number, by the way, 808-296-1420. I would not be surprised mm. if ESPN or even Fox put a little bit of pressure and said, hey, you know what? We need... We need a school on the West Coast. Yeah. You know? And, Something on the West Coast. And Stanford and Cal are, are potentially right there. So, yeah, that doesn't I, – I think there's still hope for them. Washington State, Oregon State, I don't believe. I, I think they're they're doomed. Uh, we see you guys. We'll get to you in a moment. 808-296-1420 is how you can get in touch with us here on the program. I, I, I don't know. Am I, am I being too optimistic on Stanford and Cal? I don't think so. I I think they are by far the strongest two brands remaining in. I guess we'll call it the Pac-12 uh, for the Pac something. Yeah, for nostalgic purposes. Yeah, um, they are the strongest two brands, strongest two academic schools remaining as well. Mm-hmm. They bring with them just a prowess and uh, a weight to them that. Washington State and Oregon State cannot even compete with. Right. Um, and in all honesty, Oregon State and Washington State have hung on the coattails of each of their big brother schools. That's the only reason they were ever in the Pac-12. Yep. Is because of their affiliation to Oregon and Washington. Politics and, and, and school presidents, or not school presidents, but board of regents get involved in some yep. of that stuff. So now that their big bros aren't there any longer, their best option is the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. We, we talked about it at an earlier hour, I believe, in the three o'clock. I foresee the big the Big Twelve going after Stanford and Cal as well. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, I I think if you were to grab them in addition, man, I I. I think the Big Ten is the the clear winner in conference realignment, and then a close second is the Big 12. Absolutely. Which is confounded comparing to what looked like the SEC just dominating everybody again. And we still have work to do because the ACC seems to be in flux right now. So, I mean, there's still a lot. That that can be determined here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, let's get Mike in here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Mike, how are you? Hey, great. As a as a Buckeye fan, it's going to be great uh, going to the West Coast to see them play. I, I'm sure they're going to be out here at least once a year. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Once, then, maybe twice, if you add in Washington or Oregon. Yeah. Right, and then I got, and then my uh, youngest just enrolled at Oregon. Nice. So. So I'm going to be up there for that UH game. Awesome. Fun. Yeah. But the other, the other thing is, um, what's Notre Dame going to do? That's a good I, question. 
I don't think Notre Dame can stay an independent for much longer. No, especially with the strength of the NBC TV deal going to the Big Ten. Yep. Right, and I think uh, isn't uh, the guy, the Big Ten commissioner, uh, the new one, isn't he from NBC? Uh, well, the Big Ten commissioner Tony Petiti, um, Notre Dame's new athletic director was formerly oh, at NBC. Oh, that's right. I think that's that's uh, Pete Bavacqua, I think, is who it is. Which yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you're right. But uh, um, I think it's going to be the mini NFL. You're just going to have, really, two conferences at the end of it. You 40, 50 teams, and it's going to be like the AFC, NFC. And then you don't care if you play this tough schedule because you're going to have guys with maybe three and four losses, especially if they – if they expand to 16 teams, so you're not going to have that. You don't have to worry about you know two losses and not get into the playoffs. Mike, off of that uh, comment, I, I like that thought a lot. We were talking about that yesterday. Could you foresee there being more divisions in a conference like the Big Ten with the expansion? Now they have they've got 18 teams. Could you see uh, you know if they bumped up to 20? There being four different divisions of five schools. Yeah, four pods, basically. All East, you know, Midwest, Plain State, and uh, the West Coast. That kind of thing. We'll and see. Then, mm. But anyways, it's it's exciting. I mean, it it kind of hurt. I feel for Oregon State because I was I like Corvallis. It's a neat town, and uh, they're not going to be able. To, those kind of schools can't afford. You won't be able to afford to get a, a, a take a coach four or five million dollars. And they'll probably join the Mountain West. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Hey, right. Mike, Mike, thank you for dialing in. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, the Notre Dame one is interesting. They hired um, Pete Bavacqua, who formerly of NBC, um, to be their new athletic director. They just announced earlier today a ten-year uh, contract extension with Under Armour. Okay. Uh, for their for their apparel deal, but yeah, I mean, you Notre Notre Dame still has a pretty good television rights deal with NBC for being an independent. Their yep. brand is still big, but the thing that they had was they were NBC's only game, That's right? And th- their prowess is not what it used to be. Yeah. So NBC and NBC's basically said, "All right, we're going to have the Big Ten in prime time." Every week. So what they have told Notre Dame without really telling Notre Dame is you're not a primetime program for us. You could you could take that. I, I think they don't do 330 Eastern. I think they do 230 um, yep. there in South Bend. But, you know, this is going to be your slot. Or if you're going to be in primetime, we're going to put you over on cable. Or we're going to put you as our uh, an exclusive game on Peacock. Uh, because the Big Ten's getting a couple of games on Peacock, and I believe Notre Dame is one every year that goes on Peacock. Um, mm. Just by that alone. And they're doing that one game in Ireland this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's on NBC. Just by that alone, um, that is a significant downfall for Notre Dame's visibility. Because... If you're basically saying you're not going to be in primetime, and, and most of their games are in that, that middle-of-the-day window anyway, but you could have committed to when Notre Dame hosts USC, it's a primetime game. 
If Notre Dame hosted Stanford, it probably was a primetime game. Now you maybe don't have that. Mm. I do think that that hurts Notre Dame's brand visibility. So I think if you ended up finding your way into the Big Ten, um, you know, that that could be a, a, a viable way to save that. And Notre Dame has gotten off with not having to play the Michigans every year, not having to play the Ohio States every year. Um, for the most part, outside of maybe playing a USC, um, maybe a halfway decent ACC school, Josh, mm-hmm. they've got a pretty favorable schedule to be in contention for the CFP every season. I don't think that's going to last much longer. Let's get Speedy's text in here. Speedy from Kalihi. Can anyone explain why Cal and Stanford, which represent the sixth largest media market in America, are on the outside looking in? Why would the Big 12 want the Salt Lake City market and not the Bay Area? It makes me think the Big 12 may be moving too quickly and not thinking things through, perhaps out of fear of being left behind by the Big 10 and the SEC. The Bay Area is too large a market for Cal and Stanford to join the have-nots. At worst, I can see them joining the ACC, which would be a logistical nightmare, but would be much more lucrative than joining the Mountain West Conference. It's a good text. Yeah, it is. Um, Here's my response to that. When's the last time a Cal or a Stanford game has been interesting to watch? When Cal played Hawaii and Australia. Yeah. And and Jared Goff was their quarterback. Yeah, that could have been. Um, You know, relevancy is important, and that's not always wins and losses. I, I mean... We say that, you know, that Cal and Stanford game, but across the country, probably not. Um, the I'll also say this. Regionally, college football is definitely driven more toward Eastern and Central time zones. So while, yes, Cal and Stanford are in the sixth largest media market in America, let's also put that in perspective to what college football represents. College football doesn't have a strong foothold in the Bay Area. Not necessarily because of Cal and Stanford, but because Alabama and Auburn and Ohio State and Michigan and Notre Dame and Florida State and all of those schools reside in a part of the country that Everybody gravitates to it football. As someone said earlier, we talked about it. The West Coast is not a big college football region. It's much better in baseball, much better in basketball, but not in football. So, I mean, I agree. Sixth largest media market in America. Absolutely. But that feels diminished when it comes to this sport. Mm. Professional sports? Yeah, means more. College sports are still too regional to take yeah. six media, six largest media market in America um, to that level of value. Uh, final words coming up. Bunch of text messages today. Some good phone calls that you've uh, you, you've brought in here. Uh, for example, Scott. Last time that Stanford and Cal were interesting when Stanford had Andrew Luck. Sure. Um, <laughs> the two, five, six big 10 should offer Stanford and Notre Dame to make 20 teams. I guess you can have the Stanford Notre Dame rivalry anywhere, uh, mm. any, every year, but you know what? Notre Dame already has that with USC. Just protect that game. 
every year. You technically don't need to stand uh, Stanford. That's why I say watch the Big 12. Uh, yeah. Final words coming up here in a little bit. We'll watch people hold beer glasses on the Ocho uh, while we take a look at traffic. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Oh man, fun Friday! Uh, this has been this has been a show that we probably uh, didn't really craft. No, nope. uh, but it you know what we we hit we hit all the big stuff today. Uh, our good friend Lori Santi asked a couple questions. Uh, with no common opponents, how do you know who the best team is out of like eighteen teams? Uh, that there's there's truth to that. Um, but you know, I mean, outside of. <laughs> we're we're watching Stein holding right now. It's 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 one of the best things ever. Trying not to waste beer while holding a Stein full of beer, uh, shoulder high, uh, and uh, across. And and the eye, the the eyes of those who are struggling to keep their glasses upright. Yeah, they've just they've been holding for like a minute minutes. and a half, four minutes, four minutes and twelve seconds. Wow. Yeah, and some guys are really really struggling to not waste beer. Uh, but Lori asked a good question. With no common opponents, how do you know who the best team is? I mean, there's there is some truth to that because there's just there are just not enough weeks. Um, but you know what? That's we were already kind of seeing that in um, you know the Mountain West wasn't playing everybody every week. The it's true. Uh, the SEC is not playing everybody every week. Big Twelve certainly not going to be doing that. So you got to hope that. And this is that's it's the flaw to going away from divisions. I think um, I don't think it's a big flaw because I do like going out of divisions anyway. But um, you you gotta hope that those who watch the college football, you know, those in the college football playoff selection committee who watch college football need to get it right. They need to watch everything. They need to watch the group of fives. They need to do their homework a lot better on you know who belongs where. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's a, a, a great answer to that. And then, um, you know, Lori also asked, do you have conference tournament in basketball? Well, yeah. Um, my only wish, and I know it's not going to happen, like we've seen the ACC invite everybody, and then you have like six days of a conference tournament with some teams with like double and triple buys. I would love to see a conference tournament just limit it down to 12 give out a, a buy here and there, but that's it. That's that's all. We don't need to, to take all 16 or all 18 teams to your conference tournament in New York to watch the worst ones be there and uh, take up space. Hmm. That That's all. But some good questions. Uh, final words. Hunter, you're up first. Uh, I saw this today, and this is just really really fun and unique Mm -hmm. everybody knows Tetson Bennett was in college at Georgia for like forever yeah and still doesn't have a degree from University of Georgia which is hilarious um did you know Josh that he was actually teammates at one time with Sony Michelle oh wow okay okay I'm gonna read this Stetson Bennett's former Georgia teammate Sony Michelle was drafted in the first round, played on four different NFL teams, won two Super Bowls, and just recently retired. Right. 
uh, just a couple weeks ago. All of this took place before Bennett took his first snap in the NFL. <laughs> That's crazy. It is crazy. And Sonny Michel's what, 28? I think so. Yeah, he's 28. Just Your magic number. The Rams is my magic number. For running backs. Wow. Yeah, that, Stetson Bennett's an odd one. He really is. Um, do we ever foresee him take, taking a snap in the NFL? No, but we didn't think that of Brock Purdy either. That's a good point. From Mr. Irrelevant to uh, certainly more than relevant right now. Um, my final words, actually, before my final words, I uh, should tell people about Pigskin Pigout, uh, which is coming up on August 16th at Murphy's Bar and Grill, a roasted pig dinner, beverages, and a great auction. Get your tickets now at Murphy's or HawaiiBowlFoundation.org. My final words today, uh, Todd Graham has a new job. <laughs> and you know, Not it's, in Hawaii. No. It's telling when a longtime college football coach, when he's kind of disgraced out of a program, doesn't get a job at another college football program. His new job is at the prep level at Prestonwood Christian Academy. He has been named as the senior director of their system development and athletics. Uh, this in is Texas, in, right? In Texas. Their main campus is in Plano, but they've got a number of campuses in, in the Dallas area. Uh, that was confirmed to the Dallas Morning News earlier today. Of course, um, that school was given questions regarding – Todd Graham's past, especially at Hawaii, um, the school declined to comment on that. We've seen this happen, and it's very different. Um, Art Bryles, when schools tried to hire Art Bryles, and then they'd have to answer to his misdeeds, and then they would ultimately balk on it mm. and give up on Art Bryles. PCA uh, it looks like going to stick with Graham. Um, it doesn't seem like he had a job before this, but uh, but but definitely he's very Texas. Yes, it fits for him. You just kind of wonder though the whole verbal abuse stuff and yeah. um, you know those claims that were put out there. How do you reconcile that when you're working with your, kids? Yeah, exactly. I don't know how mm. you reconcile that into that job, and that's why I think the PCA folks really do kind of need to answer to that but yeah todd graham's got another job uh back in the state of texas have fun tomorrow you're going to be at a soccer clinic yes, sir. Uh, so go enjoy that we'll uh, reconvene on monday freddie and fitzsimmons next